Hey everybody, it's Andrea. Today, Q and Vosh stop by to cause trouble. War cannot catch a break. And we ask the question, how hard is Picard sweating knowing that Vosh and Beverly became chummy? Stay with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we are talking season four, episode 20, Cupid, which, as you can guess, it's a Q episode. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's about love. (laughs) Oh, oh no, I don't give a shit about that. It's about Q. (laughs) (laughs) But you you do know that I'm a huge Q fan. This episode is written by Randy Russell and Ira Stephen Bear and directed by Cliff Bull. Captain Picard and Vosh are reunited when the Enterprise hosts an archaeology symposium, but their disparate personalities soon have them sparring. Q arrives and offers to do Captain Picard a solid by getting him and Vosh back together again. <laughs> a Charisse's solid. Face. Was that there in the description or was that, that an was, Andrea that edition? That was not there. That Got was it, okay. me. And then when Picard rejects the notion, Q transforms the captain into Robin Hood and sends him Vosh and several members of Picard's senior staff to Sherwood Forest. This is such a fun and light episode. What are mm-hmm. your initial thoughts, Cherise? My my initial thoughts were I always skip this episode. I always skip it. And here's why I skip it, because I have always confused this episode with hollow pursuits. Right? Because in that oh, episode, oh, I could totally see that. Do you know what? Because in that episode, Barclay's in the holodeck and everyone's dressed yeah. kind of similarly and it's really yeah. stupid. So the thumbnail <laughs> for this episode stupid. always looks like that holodeck scene. So whenever I see the thumbnail, I would think like, oh, this is that stupid holodeck thing, but somehow Q's involved next. So that was my oh. initial thought. And when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this episode is so good. And yeah. I'm so bummed that I've been missing it all these years, missing it on the rewatch because I thought it was freaking hollow pursuits. I call this one and in my mind. I call this one cappuccino Star Trek. It's light. It's frothy. It's fun. <laughs> it's just fun and light. There's nothing heavy about it. Mm-hmm. Worf has some really great lines where he goes, I am not a merry man. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good line. One of the best lines. Or when he smashes Jordy's mandolin to pieces on the tree and then goes, sorry. Or when he runs into a sword battle with someone on a horse, like everybody else, (laughs) after saying, I will not be a play the fool for Q's amusement. And then goes to fight where everybody else is just looking at him. Like, oh, great. Mr. Worf, just retreat. Anyway, so this episode's (laughs) super fun and light. This episode was actually written to capitalize on the success of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Christian Slater, which had just come out like a year or two before. Mm-hmm. And so they had originally thought, like, let's re- what, let's bring Vosh back, mm-hmm. um, played by the beautiful Jennifer Hetrick. Um, we really love that, like, love dynamic. Let's make it a love story like Romeo and Juliet. And then they were like, ah, but Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, like, just came out and it's made like this huge splash. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. So that's what they did. And that I thought was a it good was call. really, really fun. It was a good this call. This was so much more fun than Romeo and Juliet, right? Because that's such Way a, like, more fun, you know, wars, like blood feuds type of a storyline. Yeah. But this one is just like, like it was just a happy little trot through Sherwood Forest. Picard's wearing a snappy little goatee. It's just I love Picard's goatee. So great. I love how he looks as Robin Hood. I think he looks fantastic, which is actually it's funny. He plays um King Edward or Robert or something, like one of the like Robin Hood characters in another film, which is pretty funny. But it was like years later, I think. So Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of funny that like there's like this little bit of crossover. Mm-hmm. I think he makes one hell of a Robin Hood. He's super convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, this this episode is just sort of like a shitstorm of great things because you get Vosh back <laughs> and you get this like really fun dynamic. And then Q is coming in here to like stir shit up mm-hmm. even more. And it's just really um, delightful. It's just one of those fun ones. This might be. Yeah, this might be my favorite Q episode in TNG so far. Uh, we'll wait to the very end because okay. I just loved how Q set the scene and then mm-hmm. just let it go. And then he stepped in to intervene to make it worse. And then he stepped mm-hmm. back again. Like, mm-hmm. this is cute. This is so much better than the stupid dog costume episode oh, where we God. were like, what is going on? And he was popping in with the in green a, screen sky the green that they didn't even bother to the, add a color. And the <laughs> kitty litter as the ground and all this stuff. And every time <laughs> Q popped up, it was just annoying, but not here. Here yeah. it was like, 
he was the author of this really interesting play and he was jumping mm-hmm. into the story from time to time. I just, I love this. I love yeah. Q in this one. It, it felt reminiscent to me, to be honest, of the elementary Dear Data episode where Jordy asks the computer to create a rival that could be Data mm-hmm. and creates this Moriarty character who, you know, it ha- it's a program that has a mind of its own. And mm-hmm. now they're like, Ooh, we are not, we can't stop this. Let's kind of see how this plays out. And I think mm-hmm. he was very much of that. Like, he's not even trying to stop it. He's like, let's just see <laughs> how I can make this worse. And then step back and eat like some chicken wings and just watch the destruction. Unfold. Totally. Oh, this episode was so great. So fun. All right. So let's jump in. So, um, Captain Picard is up late. He's working and reworking and triple working this already brilliant speech. He's written on archeology span for this upcoming symposium of which he will be a keynote speaker. And Troy comes in and she's like, Captain, we've already gone over this a bunch. The speech is brilliant. You don't need to rewrite it again. It's perfect. It's late. Go to bed. And what I love about this is his nerves. I love how nervous he is about being the keynote speaker because it's like nobody can make Picard nervous besides Troy's mom, but that's more of a like anxiety than nervous. (laughs) That's more of a like, like, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Like to see him actually like kind of fanboy over people was so unique. I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. He has people that he wants to impress. Like this is amazing. And the people that he wants to impress are archaeologists. I just love that, that it's connected to his hobby. It feels very like, it feels very much like he's about to give a speech in front of a bunch of chess grandmasters or something. It's kind of right up there in that sort of like nerdiness Mm -hmm. sort of level where it's like the grandmasters are going to be here. Right. (laughs) Or it's like, oh, cool. Um, But yeah, it's archaeologists. And she finally convinces him very, very diplomatically, like, look, the speech is perfect. You need some rest. Um, and I thought she was going to say the captain needs a holiday, which is a throwback <laughs> to when he actually met Bosch the first time. So I was like, okay. So as Picard is returning to his quarters, he notices that the lights are dimmed, except for one area on the table where a horgon is up front. And, and my first thought up- was, wow, Picard keeps his horgon there. That's what he decided to do with it, to keep it on like his coffee table or whatever and then when when Vosh peeks around the corner I was like oh she put it there okay she put it there but I at first I was like okay that I mean there were good memories but I just thought that was an mm-hmm. interesting place for him to put it in his home yeah yeah when he has like tea with um Beverly most mornings <laughs> or God's just right out there <laughs> so she does pop back in she goes bring back any good memories, you know, or something like that. And he goes, Bosh. And he's genuinely happy to see her. And I think it's lovely. And he's very disarmed and they get it on immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Bosh is back. This is so much fun. Now a little bit of trivia. The actress who plays Bosh is Jennifer Hetrick and she and Patrick Stewart met on the captain's holiday episode. And this episode came out a year and a little bit more later, and they were reportedly engaged at the time of filming this episode. And this episode actually filmed over Valentine's day, 1991. So there's kind of a lot of like romantic tie-ins with everything going on here. Now, Hetrick and um, Stewart never actually married. And it seems like time has taken care of everything and they've each moved on to their own partners and whatnot. But I thought it was kind of cool that they were engaged at the time of this episode. So it must've been a great deal of fun actually Mm -hmm. to like work together on this must've been really fun. Yeah. And I will say that throughout this episode, they bicker like a married couple. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. cute that, that they were actually engaged in real life. I think that's adorbs. The next morning when we see Picard and Vosh sitting at the table, I didn't realize that was the next morning. I thought that was dinner. And I thought to myself, man, oh, no. I really, I really would love to see Picard let his hair down. He's wearing his uniform. I'd love to see him in his casual clothes, whatever that looks like, just kind of chilling with Vosh. But then when Beverly comes, I was like, oh, snap. He had a dinner date with her. And then when she says, oh, we have tea most mornings. I was like, oh, this is the next day. This is the morning. He's dressed for work. And also he has tea with Beverly every morning. I didn't know that. And also mm-hmm. this is awkward. And at that moment, <laughs> I want to pull out my popcorn. Cause it was just like, yes, oh, it's, oh, you're here. Oh, you're here. I I've never met you. It was just like, so great. Yes. Now Beverly does show up the next morning and Picard is totally flummoxed. He's like, may I introduce Dr. Beverly, Dr. Dr. Crusher. She's the, <clears throat> she's Dr. the doctor. Beverly board. Crusher. <laughs> yes. Very <laughs> much that way. And Vosh is like my professional only colleague. Yeah. <laughs> And this is Dr. Vosh, my, prof- uh, my profession, my other professional only 
Ka- um, well, archaeology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met her on Risa, but she's yeah. here for archaeology. Well, and <laughs> so um, <laughs> want some tea. Yeah. So he does say Dr. Crusher and, and Vash is very, very generous. She's like, oh, yes. Jill Lucas told me all about you. And Beverly's like, I wish he would have told me all about you. And now Picard is just sweating bullets because he's mm-hmm. like, uh, um, my future and my current girlfriends are talking and <laughs> oh God, oh God. And he starts phoning around to Worf to be like, any emergencies to report? Do I need to go anywhere? <laughs> now, I thought the women do the very cool, intelligent, independent woman girl power thing. And they're like, you know, Dr. Crusher, I have never had the pleasure of touring the the enterprise. Mm -hmm. Do you think you might take me around? And Beverly's like, I would be delighted. And I think she gives her teacup to poor Picard. Who's like, um, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. can an electricity monster get me out of this or anything? Mm -hmm. He's like, can I call in like a Borg thing? Like, what do I do? You know, this totally reminded me of the episode and we're going to get to it. I, I don't, maybe next season, but you know, that episode, that's like one of our favorites with the time where their minds get like deleted and they don't know who they yes. are. And stuff. So yes. in that episode, Riker hooks up with Ro, um, mm-hmm. who like are enemies in their right minds, but in this yeah. like mystery world, they hook up. And then like at the end, Ro and Troy are talking and he's just like, uh Oh, you know, two of mm-hmm. my exes are like chit chatting about, they yes. must be talking about me or what I'm like or whatever. And he's just like terrified. This is exactly yeah. what this reminded me of. And I was like, totally. this must be like a man's worst nightmare. So not being a man, I have no idea, but the way these male characters react, I'm like, this must be like your worst nightmare for two of your exes or whatever to well, talk. If popular culture has taught us anything. It is that it is their worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if that's in real life, but it works now. Now, as Beverly is very generously showing Vosh around, um, Vosh is meeting other people who Captain Picard serves with. And she's like, Vosh from, you know, from Risa. And they're all like, uh, yeah. So she is really disappointed that Picard hasn't mentioned her to anyone. And during this reception, because they are above Tagus three for this archaeological uh, archaeological symposium tagus three is these ruins that have been sealed off for a hundred years so they're really just orbiting to be like cool look at the planet but like we can't actually go there mm-hmm. um now she calls him out on this during the reception and she's like what are you embarrassed by my being here do you not want me here do- why haven't you told anybody about me and what vash has kept hearing from everyone is like the captain is a very private man he's very private and she's like yeah yeah i've heard this before right mm-hmm. um and poor Picard is like, I don't know what, uh, I'm sorry if you're upset, but like, what do you want me to do? I'm very private. It's not appropriate to talk about these kinds of things with my crew, whatever. Now he storms into his ready room and who is sitting right there, Cherise, but Q. Bum, bum, bum. This episode just got a thousand times better. My it's Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my favorite parts about this, I 100% agree. My favorite part is when Q looks at him and says, well, don't just stand there, say something. And Picard says, get out of my chair. Like That's what he wants to say. I just thought that was great. <laughs> I like laughed out loud. <laughs> I, I do love that. I love Picard's obsession with chairs too. Get out of my chair, get out of my chair, get out of my chair. Like that's what he cares about. Now he is basically like Q what the fuck do you want? Like, why mm-hmm. are you here? We haven't seen you for a while. And Q kind of bandies about, but finally he's like, I owe you a debt of gratitude from saving my life from the last time I was here with the Calamarain. They would have killed me. Um, and for way, allowing me to go back to the continuum. So yes. thanks for that. Or else yeah. I would have been a human forever. So thanks. Or a, or a debt. Yeah. Or a, just a human dead very quickly. Until the Calamarine <laughs> killed me. And right. by the way, I didn't even have to look back on my notes for this. I did remember that they're called the Calamarine and I will never remember that again. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I never went back. No, I think notes. that's right. And I'm pretty impressed. I'm, I'm going to say that's 100% accurate without checking either. And I'm totally impressed that that just popped into your brain. Cause Thank I forgot yeah, I was all like, about Calamarine. that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now this debt is hanging over Q. Who's like, I need to repay this debt. I don't like owing you anything. So I resent owing you anything. I was like, that is the funniest thank you I've ever heard. I resent owing anyone anything. So what do you want? I don't like, want to be thankful. Yeah. You're like, okay. And I, I like Picard's response. He was like, just leave. That'll be thanks enough. 
Just that. That that's is good. the most Charisse answer ever. If you just left, that would be enough. I that would be great. Payment that's all I want. in full. Done. Yeah. And for some reason, he didn't take that deal. <laughs> totally could have taken the deal and gone gone around destroying somebody else's life, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's like, ooh, I could take you to the ruins of Tegas three. They were sealed off a century ago. Ooh, ooh. Because then, of course, Picard, who's very righteous, was like, that mm-hmm. would be against the law. Although mm-hmm. he's totally tempted. But he's like, that would be unethical. Right. And right. Blah, so blah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And Q's like, ooh. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. And blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, he Nailed just it. bandies. He Nailed bandies it. exactly, like, why he can't go down there. And Q's like, ooh, but we could go back in time to when they weren't I sealed. thought that was genius. I don't know why he said no to that. Like, why I would, would you say no to this? I was well, wondering what Q, you would have, what guess, you would have but... said in this scenario. Yeah. Q is like not to be trusted, but like, I was wondering what you would say. Like I wrote that in my notes, like, what mm. would Andrea say? Because I was like, because my first thought was like, I really want to see the ruins and you're offering it to me. And I know I can't see it now, but you can time travel. Can you just take me back to when it was legal? And then we could go check it out. That would have yes, been, I, I don't would, see why that was a problem. I would take him up on it and make Q swear some sort of oath on his debt to me that like the, the debt will not be repaid until I'm returned safely back on the enterprise at a time of my choosing or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, Q's going to be like, Oh, I'll bring you back when you're 9,000 years old. And you're like, God damn it. You know, but like when you want something, something along those lines, did you ever see the movie leprechaun? No, it's gotta be Sounds one of like the a horror story. Yeah. It's gotta be one of the worst movies ever made. And actually there were, there are many sequels to the leprechaun. So it, like the, the terribleness, it's kind of like Sharknado. Think of it as that, as that quality. Not that I've seen oh. Sharknado, but like, yeah. kind of like it's funny, bad or whatever. So it's, okay. it's a horror, but it's like horror. It's bad. It's funny, bad. It and really is a horror movie. It really is a horror movie. <laughs> and there's like a leprechaun. Totally just guessed. There's a leprechaun <laughs> kind of like Chucky. And the leprechaun grants you three wishes when you find it's like pot of gold or something. But whatever you wish for, it twists it so that it's like the worst curse you could ever have. So one guy, he wishes for like x-ray vision because he wants, he's like a, he's like a teenager. He's like 16 or something. He wishes okay. for x-ray vision so he could like peep on the girls in the, in the shower at school. So that's then cool. you'll just see a bunch of skeletons. <laughs> so, so that's what happens. The leprechaun gives him like x-ray vision so he can like see through the walls and he can see the naked girls, but then he can see their skeletons, but then he can see like the cells inside their body. And oh, by the way, your, your eyesight is permanently like that and you can never see anything else. So that's how all the wishes turn out is like, oh, whatever my you God. wish for, he somehow twists it. So it's like the worst thing in the world. And then you can't ever get your other wishes. So I feel like he was a little bit like that. Not so evil. But it's a little bit like, be careful what you wish for, because whatever you ask or say or agree to, Q's going to like twist it to be something you did not want. And he knows good and well, you didn't want that thing. Mm. Well, you know, what's interesting is that John Delancey, when they asked to bring him back for this episode, he had said, you know, Q is omnipotent, but he's not very scary. And I want him to be actually like a little bit more of a threat than a nuisance. Mm. And they were like, you got it. We're going to write you this episode, Cupid, for you to be. And he's like, okay. And then it ended up being this episode <laughs> where it's like, you're not any more scary than you were already. Like, I think but also he wasn't out. annoying at all. He wasn't annoying he, in this episode at he all. Was, he was dangerous in the sense that it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to stop this whole charade. I can't stop it even if I wanted to. It's just like, it's false. You're, you're fucking cute. You could change mm-hmm. anything. But, but. It wasn't, it wasn't a Chucky leprechaun that's going to make you have right. x-ray vision for the rest of your life until you kill yourself or something. And I'm pretty happy about that because I wouldn't like evil Q. Like I like no. precocious Q. I like lovable scamp Q. Like yes. I like that. I think that's a yes. fun, you can't really he's call him like, a villain, but a fun character. He's like the outrageous Okana with more powers. He's lovable. Yeah. And not so hateable like the outrageous Okana. <laughs> Sharice, <laughs> listener, Sharice hates him a lot more than I do, but yeah, Ooh, yeah, for sure. So much more. <laughs> now, um, Picard refuses this. And I thought it was really cool that he was like, I can take you back 2 billion years to when take three was a living, breathing thing. They really cool knew how to party. I was like, fuck yeah. Let's, how cool listen, is that? Not even the ruins, but the actual time machine, the hot yes. tub time machine or the whatever else. Let's mm-hmm. get it on buddy. And let's fire this up and go, you know, you bring me back when I say, in 20 minutes time. Okay. And nothing bad will have happened to me. And we're good. Like, let's go. But he and could Picard stay. I mean, it's Q. He could stay for years and still be returned at the exact moment and age that he was when he left. How could you say that no to that? Yeah. Well, it's Picard. Cause you can't now, trust Pic- Q. That's why. No, you can't. That's the problem. Now Picard does think like, ah, oh, I've got this pissed off 
quasi girlfriend or whatever here. So let me go smooth things over. And he, did you notice that when he walked to her quarters, a crewman happened to be passing by? So he kept walking and then he kind of I did. I, I did. Like, Cause I was like, why does he look so sus? You can go he into anyone's so room. Yeah. Suspect. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can go into anybody's room. You can go into any room you want. Like, at any point, like it's not, it's not a big deal. Doesn't matter and what, who. Yeah. what's going to happen if that, if that random ensign sees you going into Vasha's room, what is the worst that's going to happen? There's going to be gossip that you were in Vasha's room. Who's already your girlfriend. And now all the bridge crews knows. So I don't, I, they already know exactly. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like they already know everybody already knows. So it's like, so what? And also I don't think the crewman would probably be aware because why? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's going to smooth things over, though, he discovers that she has a map out of the ruins of Tagus Three, along with the shovel from her backpack on Ryza. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. And I did. I saw that it was already assembled, too. I was like, wow, she's thinking ahead this time. Last Where's time the rest of the, in the backpack? backpack. <laughs> yeah, I think the backpack disassembles and becomes the shovel because that's how space age they are. <laughs> There's nothing left of the backpack when you're done assembling. You use all the pieces from zero waste. <laughs> now. I will say the piece of equipment that she also has in there, that cool kind of box with the like light tube uh-huh. that was used in the survivors with Kevin and Rashawn. And they were using it to like terraform. Remember Kevin killed like the entire, no, I remember people, that like, episode, but I don't okay. remember this device. He was, yeah. So they were out in the, they were out on their little yard at one point, like, like using this little thing. And I was like, cool. And I looked back on it and it was, it's the exact same one. What so did it, what did it do exactly? It added grass to the dirt or like it, it like it, drilled, it magic something. It magic something in the dirt. It, I'm going to assume it like drilled a thing into some dirt or like took some readings at a tricorder. Maybe could, I don't know. It looked like some kind of like archaic, like, um, agricultural it looked like something agricultural okay that's neat that that's even just for that like three seconds of screen time that was cool Mm -hmm. how he just went in the back and was like "Uh uh-huh what are you up to like that was totally worth it a plus plus props department i love those little things and the world building too where it's like where'd you get your hands on kevin's (laughs) (laughs) tools did he retire did he put this up on ebay like what we don't know what happened to kevin he probably did he probably did he probably he's probably going to be the end of the universe. Him and Q are going to fight it out and he's going to kill Q. Man, that's going to be that'd be a good episode. That so would be what I love about this scene when Picard's just like, wait a minute, you're up to your old tricks and you're up to something. And she's like, yeah, Duh. I'm, <laughs> I'm the bad guy, guy, which I just love. Vosh. Um, <laughs> she's just like, Duh. and I just thought I love how she says to him. I am not going to change who I am for you or for anybody. Mm-hmm. So get that out of your head. And I love how mm-hmm. Picard's like same. And I'm like, that's why you guys are so great because both of you know who you are. You don't feel you, you refuse to change the nature of you. It's not like change your behaviors yeah. or at whatever, but it's like changing who you are just yes. so somebody else will like you. It's like, no, I'm Vosh. Like I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm sneaky. That's who I am. That's what I do. It's what I love. It's what I'm built for. And he's like, I'm a captain and I'm super like by the book and everything has to be right and fair and I can't compromise. And that's who he is and he shouldn't. So I love and this that. Is why, yeah. This is why Vash and Picard were really great as a team on Ryza and why they were really great to go. This has been super fun. See in a year or two on take mm-hmm. us three for like five minutes and, and smooches and goodbye, because that's a relationship that is never, ever, ever going to work for the long way to work. That's no, a re- that's ever. a perfect hookup relationship. Yeah. It's like a friends really with benefits like the perfect, situation. The perfect summer fling. It's hot. It's spicy. It's fiery. And it's done in two weeks and that's it. And you just like leave with good memories. Mm-hmm. So Picard leaves in a huff. And as all this is happening, then we see Q's head kind of peek around the corner through the wall. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Ooh, the Juicy. next thing he does is decide to visit Picard as he's in his jammies getting ready for bed so he doesn't actually sleep in his uniform he sleeps in like a nice silky shorty I'm like, set from so like jordy right <laughs> <laughs> who sleeps with his fucking shoes on like a wild animal and no no cover no blankets just his you know what jordy's ancestor you know what sharice i have just decided that jordy's ancestor living on earth today sleeps in his blue jeans that's yeah. what he does. That's the kind yeah. of person Jordy's family stock comes from. Oh, we're so God sorry for you, Jordy. <laughs> 
sleeps with his visor on, shoes, belt, <laughs> helmet, gloves, and scarf. Like, tricorder. <laughs> but not his phaser, curiously. Too many accidents. He's learned the hard way. Anyway. <laughs> so... Q does visit Picard and he calls him out on what he's seen. He's like, I saw you with the woman Vosh. Who knew love would be a weakness for you? And Picard starts stomping around. He's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You leave her out of this. Get out of my room. Get out of my life. Chair. <laughs> get out of my life. Yes. Did you uh, hear the part Mr. where Q Barclay? was like, if I had known this was your weakness, I would have showed up as a female. Yeah. Did you hear that? I was like, Ooh, that's, yeah. that's weird. That gives me some that's, weird thought. Bubbles. I don't like that idea at nope, all. Nope. 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 Yeah. <laughs> And Q is like, ooh, I'm going to exploit the fuck out of this and disappears. And Picard is like, God damn it. He's seen too much. Uh, Mr. Worf, can I see you for a moment? Like, it's very like, uh oh, this is bad. Now, Worf can do something about Q. Sure. <laughs> he can't even do anything about lore. Like, what's he going to do about Q? He can't even do anything about random guy in Nottingham. I think his name was Guy. Sir Guy, just some guy. <laughs> he can drink about him. So. <laughs> Sorry, the way you just put that together is so brilliant. Some guy. You think his name was Guy? <laughs> Give us a minute. We'll we'll be back shortly. For <laughs> <Poor> war. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept going. Oh my god, that was so great. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut like 15 minutes out of this episode just me laughing. Oh, I really needed that good laugh. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. That, that was so perfect. Um, okay, but yeah, so back to like where we're at right now. Picard starts his like keynote speech. And everybody's there to watch. And I love that he's in his dress uniform. And as he starts giving his speech, Beverly and Troy, Riker and Data all start looking like Robin Hood characters. You know, like a hat is snapped on one, a spear is snapped in the hand of the other, right? It's all cued in. Mm -hmm. And then Q changes Picard's outfit into his Robin Hood outfit. And then bam, they're all snapped into a forest, which the crew is like, Q and it's like yeah of course it's Q of course obviously Q like who else is this gonna be what what do you think it was a transporter trick like yeah because I think that was Riker's first question was like is this Targus or whatever or maybe it was Troy I don't remember who asked but someone asked was this the planet and I think it was Riker and Picard was like I don't think they have pine trees, trees or whatever kind of trees they had yeah oak trees, oak I, don't trees think yeah. they, I don't think they have oak trees down there like this is no and he nailed it right away this is this is Robin Hood. That's what we're doing this right now. This is Robin guys. Hood and we're in Sherwood Forest. Turns out, Sharice, you and I in Southern California can go to Sherwood Forest. This was filmed on location at the Descanso Gardens in Glendale, California, which is in, in just outside of Los Angeles. So I thought that's kind of neat. You know, you that's can go run cool. around. And it's right there. That is one of the really nice things about us living um, around Los Angeles is that because this was filmed in L.A., um, all of these locations were just sort of within like an hour to two hours, you know, reach mm-hmm. of of Los Angeles. And so, you know, we I feel really lucky that we get to go to some of these places if we wanted to. Um, yeah. And they quickly figure out they're like, we're at the Descanso Gardens in Glendale. This must be Sherwood Forest. <laughs> and Worf says, sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. <laughs> Which is one of the best episodes. Best line. That of the was episode probably for me. The, be- the best line in the episode. And then yeah. followed up by Data saying, actually, you are. It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah, this this was just such a fun episode. They all have these great costumes. They're all playing different characters. I think so Picard great. is the one who, or Data, but I think it was Picard who sits and nails each and every character. You're so-and-so, you're so-and-so, you're so-and-so. All right, everybody knows who they are. And at that moment, mm-hmm. they meet Sir Guy. There's a fight. It's dumb. But Worf after gets that, his ass handed to him again. Yeah, and then Picard <laughs> says, run away. So they all run away. Yep. And then, and then Sir Guy is like, don't follow them for some reason. We'll just stay on yes. the trail. Stay, stay on the trail. You fool. We'll never find them in the greenery. I was like, they just ran into the bushes like eight <laughs> seconds ago. How far could they honestly have gone? Yeah. Eight and seconds you, away. Also just like, look for the places where the bushes are being disturbed. That's probably where they've run to. Like that's where they right still there. are right now. Yeah. So, but anyway, Sir Guy was like, you'll never find them. Let's just 
keep going, even though we were just fighting. So they go to this um, clearing, which is about three feet past where they were with Sir Guy. Mm-hmm. It's just on the other side of the bushes. It's just, it's just right on you the other side still, of the bushes. You could still see like the legs of the <laughs> henchmen like walking past under the Sir bushes. Sir Guy can see them over the bushes because he's on a horse. But he's like, <laughs> you fools. It's too late, you fools. There. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Off they go. And what I, but what I love about when Q shows up is you hear the clip clop of the horse and everyone's mm-hmm. looking down the lane. And then there's like that, like that, that sound Mm -hmm. that always happens when Q shows up and him Mm -hmm. and the horse appear. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that the sound came before the actual visual. That was such a nice touch. Like that was just fun. What a fun effect. I remember loving that so much, even the first time I saw the episode and I, it tickles me every time I see it where it's like, oh, here's that cool part. And you hear like the clip clop. And it reminds me very much of Monty Python and the Holy Grail yes. and the um, coconuts yes. banging. Mm-hmm. And then you just see this horse and this man show up in a snap. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. So Q shows up. Cause he's like, look, clearly this is a Robin hood thing. And Picard is like, get out of my chair. And then he's like, get me back to my chair <laughs> up on the ship. Get me back to my ship. And <laughs> he's like, I'm on a horse. Anyway, Q decides to fill him in. He's like, ah, but if we leave now, Maid Marion's head will still roll at high noon tomorrow. So there's that. <laughs> and he's like, Vosh. So Vosh is trapped in this castle. Sir Guy of Gisborne is going to marry her or kill her. And he hasn't quite decided which one yet. We find out that Vosh is is scheduled to die within 24 hours. So now we've got the classic stakes that we love so much on TNG, where you've got like a very short amount of time to save one or many, many, many lives. Mm-hmm. And everything depends on what you do next. So we've got 24 hours before Vosh gets killed. And so they start like, okay, now they're planning. How can they go and rescue her? At the same time, we go, Yoop! switch over to where Vosh is. She doesn't know what is going on, where she is, what's she going on. She has no idea. But like the beautiful con artist she is, she jumps right into character. Like at first she's kind of like, stop calling me my lady. Like, what is your problem? I love her little mm-hmm. interaction with her nurse. Who's like, when she's like, what can I get you anything? And she's like, I want some, some ale or vodka or whatever she asked mm-hmm. for some kind of booze. And the nurse is just like, we're all out of liquor or no, we don't have any more spirits, but I do have some fresh leeches. I just thought that was hilarious. Yes. And she's like, get out of my room. Like, get out of here. And then Sir Guy comes in and is like, what are you going to have me or not? And so she slaps him because she's like, get out of my life. And then he drops the little nugget that, okay, since you don't want to marry me, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. And then she's like, <clears throat> on second thought, let's talk. And I love how she flipped that switch. Vosh charm level 100 kicks in. And she's like, Sir Guy, um, can we talk about this? Now, I want to back up just a tiny bit. Um, did you notice that her, first of all, her costume is fantastic, but the back of her hair, she has long, 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 long braids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in regular life, Vosh has like shoulder length hair. Yeah. So she had these long braids. And on the back of her braids were like two kind of like tubes that the braids go into and like a metal tube that goes between the two tubes forming like the letter H. And it was supposed to be like, a um, decorative thing in your hair that keeps your braids like nice and parallel from like tangling or whatever. Cause hmm. I guess braid tangles was a big problem back in the, I don't know. I did but, not notice the metal H I'll have to go back. Oh and my God. That. Yeah. It's kind of at the bottom of her braids, like at the small of her back, it's way down there. The other thing is, did you notice she tripped over her costume? No. She's like stomping around. Yeah. She tripped over her costume with Jennifer Hetrick did accidentally but the director decided to keep it in because it further painted that picture that she's like really that uncomfortable was in, in this, the wrong spot mm-hmm. yeah that she's in the wrong place and she's really uncomfortable with this outfit and i was like oh this is so cool um so she turns on the charm and suddenly sir guy of gisborne is like well i suppose yes maybe we will get married right he's just taken right in by her con <laughs> and amazing mean, uh, now meanwhile in sherwood forest Robin Hood as Picard is, you know, stewing over what to do. And Jordy is just very happily twiddling along on his mandolin. And Worf just comes up and picks it up by the neck and smashes it against a tree and hands it back. And he goes, sorry. Yeah. And I have to say Worf was not wrong. 
Because what he was Jordy doing? They're in the middle of nowhere and Q has snapped them out of their reality. And he's sitting mm-hmm. there like ding, 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 with this like silly yeah. grin on his face. Yes, so dumb. And part of me wondered if that was like programming, like Q programming, because he was supposed to be like a married man. Part of me thought was- that too, but no one else was programmed. Like everyone yeah. else was just acting yeah, like their didn't... normal selves. Yeah, it didn't really track. Um, now, Troy is learning how to shoot a bow and arrow. Sure. And for what reason? We don't know. Well, she's because like, later on the episode, she skills. doesn't use it. She doesn't use anything. At- well, we see why, because she shoots for the target and hits data straight in the chest. Like who's like 30 feet away to the left. Yeah. And I was that like, was, that's- that was hilarious. I laughed out loud when I saw that. I was like, what just happened? That was, yes. <laughs> well, only with data can that work. Right. Right. Anyone else, else would have been died. like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. They would have, she would have killed them, but she was like data. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Right. And I thought that was pretty cute. He's like, well, it landed here and here between here and has breached this area, but like all my functions are fine. I'm fine. And then he's, um, also but he's like, like, and your aim's improving. Like <laughs> now that's improvement. Was, yikes. I was an archery champion in college and I was like, girl, your form is all wrong. I was pointing out like seven different places in my mind where I was like, that's no good. That's also no good. (laughs) I did not know that about you. And I've known you for so long. That's really cool, Andrea. Thank you. It was, I enjoyed it a lot. Yay. That's uh, amazing. And I happened to that day be wearing my hair in a mohawk. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. I had a really great time. I did like a bunch of braids as like a mobile. Yeah. So that was really fun. So Candace um, Everdeen. I just it was, uh, it was. my impress my level of impressedness just increased by 10, which is pretty Yay! hard because you're pretty high on my impress list. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Um, but she didn't get she didn't get to use it at all. So I guess it doesn't matter. It was just another like it was just a really comedic funny, effect. It was a funny yeah. scene. It was, it was, it was cute. Now Picard breaks in to Vasha's room to save her. Cause he's like, listen, I've come up with a plan, Riker. You guys stay here. I'm going to go get Vosh. And they're like, are you sure that's a good idea? That doesn't seem it's only one of you. And there's like a bunch of them. And he's like, <laughs> uh, I've already made up my mind. Stay here. That's an order. And he but I've got a great plan. I'm going to climb into the window. What could go yes, wrong? He, Bye everybody. Yep. Meanwhile. <laughs> But he does run into the bushes and Riker's like, wait, oh, he's already gone into the greenery. We can't follow him in there. <laughs> no he's way. Like, I mean, we couldn't possibly follow. We don't know. I mean, we know where he's going, but he like, could we don't know literally where he's be anywhere. <laughs> he could be anywhere. Like it's data. Don't even go in there now in, in like perfect Vosh and like Picard vibes. Picard breaks into Vasha's room to save her and she immediately starts to question his methods. And she's like, I'm not going with you. You don't even have a plan. Oh my God. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me with this? You are about, you were just about to sell your soul to not be killed. And here comes Picard out the window with like a plan and you want to drag him back. Mm -hmm. You're already like, this is not girl. This is not the time. Maybe Mm -hmm. later, once you're safe, you were, you could be like, you know, there were like 10,000 safer ways you could have done this. And what mm-hmm. the F were you thinking? But this was not it, girl. No, time in a <laughs> place. Totally not Time in a place. Time in a place. Now, as they're arguing, Sir Guy storms in and he's like, wah, ha, ha. This is the last time you'll get away from me, Robin Hood, or however he says it. And <laughs> as Picard is ready to like pull his sword out and defend him and Vosh, Vosh pulls Picard's sword out of its own hilt and pulls it on him. And she's like, you should have left when you had the chance. And I was like, this is some stone cold bitchery right here. This I was like fucked up. That's messed up. She turned on Picard. Like, I can't believe that. But what I love this whole time is how confused Q is, how he's just like, well, there's going to be an execution. And then he sees Vosh like, you know, nuzzling with Sir Guy. And he's like, um, wait, okay, wait a minute. And then like here, he when, checks his calculations. Yep. Here when she turns her sword on Picard and he's like, huh, wait a minute. Like, I just love how he's like, this is not at all. I thought I knew everything that you could know about humans. I thought I knew exactly how she was going to react because I know exactly how Picard's going to react. He's following the plan, mm-hmm. right? He's doing what mm-hmm. he's doing exactly what Q expects. Yeah. And Vosh but is Vosh throwing is, him off his game. She is the wild card. And that's what, that's what makes her so irresistible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Q is like, I need to know more about this Vosh, right? Like, because as we see Picard being taken away by the guards, Q is sitting 
kind of like in the, it's very Shakespearean where he's sitting sort of at the edge of the stage and we see him enjoying the show that's happening. And he's also part of the show, which I was like, this is really cool. Kind of like a meta fold Mm -hmm. to the, the like scenery. And Q says to Sir Guy, like, congratulations on getting him. And Sir Guy's like, it's actually made Marion who gets all the credit. She turned his own sword on him. And that's when Q's like, wait a minute. This woman is the wild card. Like, I, I need to, I need to get to know this lady. And Vosh tries to give her completely useless mincing handmaiden a note for Riker to be like, come and help the captain. Q pops in and finds it. <laughs> and he was like, come and help the captain guards and then has them take her away. Now, my question is this, where are they taking her? She's already imprisoned. <laughs> where are they taking her? She's already in a jail cell, like in a, like in a, she's already in like a prison cell. Where are you going? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, she was technically in a room cause that's why she had her, her nurse there. She just couldn't leave the castle or move around freely, but she was in like a nice prison. I, they I could have taken yeah. her there, to the actual dungeon. Yeah, there's a. Can you imagine what real dungeons must have smelled like? Dear God, or felt like just cold ugh. stone everywhere. Mm, awful. Mm-mm. That's the idea. That's like depression right there. Now, she and Picard are now being sentenced, and Riker and company start sneaking in, and they're ready to do something. And they sneak in in very Robin Hood esque terms, mm-hmm. like they're wearing like their friars hoods, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of quietly walking in the background of this castle. <laughs> Like, oh. I I love the scene where you slowly see each and every one of them look up to the sky or like look to the right, look mm-hmm, to the left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just was like, this scene is, it felt like, like Ocean's Eleven when you see like yes. all the cast and you're like, oh shoot, something's about to go down. They're about to rob mm-hmm. everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like that where each one looks up and you're like, oh, <gasps> that was great. Yes. It's like one, done. one face is up and the next. And this, yes. The camera is like panning and in mm-hmm. its turn, every actor is like turning up. And I thought that was like, yeah, I love that. Now Picard and Q start to argue for a bit. Cause Q's like, is this really what this woman is worth? Picard. Ha ha ha. And Picard is like, I'm not fucking playing your game. Can we just get this over with? And you can just like chop my head off or whatever. And he also says, let Vosh go because she's innocent. She has nothing to do with this. This is between you and me. And Vosh, Vosh goes, I don't know if you heard this part. She's like, oh, Jean-Luc, you actually do care. It was like, <laughs> she just realized she, cause it seems like he doesn't care from the fact that he hasn't told a single soul about yeah. her existence Yeah, yeah. in the past year. And now he's, you know, fighting for besides everything else, breaking in all the stuff, trying to save her. But at this moment, she's like, oh, oh, you do care. Oh, you know, right before they're about to be killed. So yeah. Like got that message in the end. Yeah. And, and as that's happening, Riker is like, Mr. Data, we need a distraction. And I love that Data pulls out one of two explosive devices. He just happens to carry around in his arm and throws it into the fire. Sure. That was new. And it just goes off kabloom. And in the distraction, Picard becomes an action hero and takes down like 20 fucking men alone. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Did like, you see that chopping down. block they had him on? It was just like, yes. hold on to this piece of wood really tight. I was like, mm. I think that's why the choppy blocks had the like, you know, restraints with your wrists and your arms and stuff like that, because it was really easy for him to get away. Yeah, I feel like that will be, I don't know. I've seen chopping blocks before, like in movies and stuff. And usually it is just a block and you just have to stay All the there. ones I've seen have a little scoop for your neck and a little scoop for your hands. Oh. And it like clips on the top so that you can't, you can't just like stand up. So you can't yeah, be a Picard. Well, you can't just stand up and then fight like 20 dudes. And be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Off he goes. Now he jumps down unarmed onto the shoulders of like two or three men and knocks them down. And I was expecting to hear like the bowling ball sound when it <laughs> crashed into the <laughs> What is going on here? And I love, by the way, the whole time this is happening, Q is just sitting there eating food and watching the whole thing, like yep. totally unimpressed, but very entertained. Like he's eating grapes. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is happening. Troy and Beverly are smashing vases onto the men's heads. And then you see Q looking over as he's eating like his chicken wings and he looks back on his chicken wing and keeps eating. And I thought this was great. Also, Gates McFadden and Marina Sirtis were the only two actors out of the whole group who were actually trained in sword play. And they were the only Nobody two who did not was, have a sword. That they were the only two who didn't. Well, the reason sense. why, the reason why is because Randy Russell and Ira Steve Bear said, if we're going back to like the 12th or 13th century, we want everyone to go back to 12th or 13th, 13th century historically. So the women wouldn't have been fighting. So I thought, of, well, okay. The thing I thought about is the women wouldn't have swords. 
right? Because women mm-hmm. wouldn't walk around with swords. And even like mm-hmm. Robin Hood's men, the only reason they had swords is because they were criminals. So like really knights yeah. would be walking around with swords. However, yeah. So my first thought was like, oh, the women don't even have swords. But then I thought, yeah, but there's like 20 dudes unconscious at their feet. They could pick up a yeah. sword anywhere. Why yeah. would they pick up a pot when you could pick up a sword? I don't yeah. know. I just felt like no, it's that's pointy all and sharp. It's easy to run somebody through with it. A vase is heavy. You can miss. It's but it's kind, you down. Of a, it's kind of a one and done type of weapon. Yeah. <laughs> right. The you only get the one vase. weapon. <laughs> yeah. You get the one vase to hit the one head. And what if there's one guy behind him? Now you're done. Yep. Yep. No, I, I totally get it. Now, um, I'm going to say another cool thing. I don't know if you did know this about me. Maybe I did do fencing in college as well. And I, I enjoyed it greatly. Mm-hmm. It is such a good workout and it's super, super fun. It really, really is. Um, so maybe I should have tried out for this. I don't know. Which is what but, Gates McFadden and um, Marita Sirtis knew and the others did it. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> dang it. Now Picard turns into Robin Hood and he fights Sir Guy of Gisbane or Gisborne or whatever and runs him through with a sword and runs up and saves Maid Marian and they kiss immediately. And Picard is like, or Q is like, yes. Right. He's just slow clapping. He does the least impressed clap of ever. And actually that scene when he runs Sir Guy through, I just thought to myself, this is kind of gruesome to like to actually stab someone to death with a sword or any kind of knife is awful and they're used to um phasers phasers kind of like you know the person just falls over or Mm -hmm. turns into ash yeah they just disintegrate or sometimes their heads explode but to run someone through i felt like was probably a new experience for all of them and i was waiting for some kind of reaction like oh my god oh my god like there's blood leaking all over my wrist that's different you know but yes but that would have taken this fun episode in kind of a dark direction i did like how kind of clean they made this where they you know picard ran sir guy through with his sword you never saw any blood sir guy just doubles over and his stunt double does a spectacular job of throwing his body down the stairs and off this landing. I was like, holy shit. How did that guy not end up with like multiple broken bones? Like it was so impressive. Now Vash and Picard are kissing. Q is, is golf clapping or he's like slow clapping and he blinks them back to the enterprise, but he's like, She's good. She's very good. You know, as Vash is like, he cared all along and he's so brave and cute. And he has his own car and like all these cool <laughs> things about him. And Q is like, I think I need to know more, more about you. So he snaps everyone back to the Enterprise except for Vash. Which has Picard worried sick because mm-hmm. where the F is Vash? And what did Q do with her? And this is Q. And We're you're totally helpless. Like, what do you do? Who do you, where do you yeah. scan? You know, the computer is tell? like, Vash is not aboard the Enterprise. It's like, shh. But he ends up in his ready room as he's moped around all the usual places. And Vosh appears. She looks like she just got off the Jungle Cruise or something at Disneyland. (laughs) Totally. And Q appears dressed in the same way. And it turns out they're partnering up together. And Picard is like, no, bad idea. Mm -hmm. He's sneaky. He's untrustworthy. Um, He's irresponsible. He's disrespectful. He's all these things. He's impulsive. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that Vosh goes, remind you of anyone? I was like, that, hey. I mean, that's true. It seems like Vosh and Q would make really good. I thought the same thing. And I thought, wow, Vosh is so self-aware. She's just so self-aware. She's like, oh, I'm totally, I'm all of those things. That's why it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. She's not like, what? You think that I'm irresponsible? You know what I mean? She, she knows who she is. Yeah. Yeah. She very much knows who she is. She's very at peace with who she is, which I love. And I thought the same thing. I was like, she and Q would make the perfect pair because they're so similar. They're both going to have fun. Like whatever he, whatever crazy stunts he does that he thinks are so wonderful. <laughs> she's going to be like, yeah. And how can I make money from it? Right. She's going to be so in there with him. Mm-hmm. And also I thought to myself, like, wait, are they like a couple couple now? But because it was like, oh, we're just partners. And like, you know, aren't you going to kiss Jean-Luc? I was like, okay, this, there was no like romantic. No, it was just interest here. partners. Yeah. 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 And Picard, this is kind of like the thing that I would have done as payment in full for Q's debt. Picard tells Q that Vasha's safety must be guaranteed. Just like, cool. That is a way of sort of alleviating our distress as the viewer to be like, you can't just let Vosh go off with Q. Let is kind of a strong word because what are you going right. to do? He's going to blink them both away and yeah. that'll be that. And but- also she chose to go, but something yeah. of like, you should warn or some, so, some, whatever leverage something. you have. And he did have that little piece of leverage of like, Hey, if you really want to pay this debt off, this is the last piece. And then we're even. And, you know, I did see this episode in Deep Space Nine. This happens early in season one 
where Q comes to Deep Space Nine. He comes to the space station with Bosch and they're like, they're fighting and they like hate each other or whatever. And I did not remember this episode because I always skip mm. Cupid. So I was like, what? Wait a minute. When did Vosh go with Q? When did that happen? Ah. I was so confused. And so when I watched this episode, we got to the end. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, okay. Well, that, that gave you some closure because I haven't seen that episode of DS9. So I'll have to check that out. So, you know, Q leaves so that they can kiss goodbye and off she goes. Um, now, I got to say as a as sort of a closing thought on this episode for Vosh, you've got to acknowledge her ability to take it all in stride. Mm-hmm. This woman showed up serious ulterior motives with this archaeological dig just below, you know, the enterprise hooks up with Picard again, you know, sees him is whisked away into this like fantasy world has no effing idea what's going on, figures out what's going on, plays the scenario expertly. Mm-hmm. Ends up like twiddling Q around her middle finger, getting <laughs> snapped back and like making a deal with him to like go on adventures. Like this woman can fucking take it all in stride. Like she's mm-hmm. such a trooper. And yeah. I really admire that about her. Yeah. I have, I do have a little bit of trivia. During the filming of this episode, Jonathan Frakes played Little John and he had a big bow staff. Mm-hmm. And the uh, sorry, a quarter staff. So the prop quarter staff broke during um, the filming in the sword fight at the castle, mm-hmm. and he suffered a cut in his eye due oh to this quarter staff. So he had to be taken to the hospital, but due to the rush, he was taken to the hospital in his Robin Hood <laughs> costume. So Jonathan Frank shows up to the ER with a cut eyeball dressed as little John. And I just keep thinking, what story does some doctor or nurses have Mm -hmm. about like, I'm pretty sure that's the guy from Star Trek. And what the F is he doing? Because it's like, he's not even in his like uniform. It's nothing. You're just, Mm -hmm. you're dressed in this character. And it's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, I think it's probably more traumatic for him than for the doctors and nurses. They're probably just like, oh, we got another one, especially if they took him to the nearby hospital, which are going to be the hospitals nearest to filming. So yeah. they're just, they, I'm sure they were just like, ah, another day in the life. Um, when yeah. I used to work at a large hospital in LA, it was kind of like that when celebrities were admitted, it was like another day in the life, keep it moving. Um, but I'm sure for him as a patient, he was like, and I'm dressed like little John, you know, just like, <laughs> come on. Done. Yeah. 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 Um, so what are your final thoughts on this episode, Cherise? This episode was so cute. I'm so glad I watched it. And I will definitely be adding it to the rewatch list. What about you? Yeah, I think that this episode was just a fun romp in the forest for Picard and friends. It's always just easy watching for me. Um, It's not science fiction. It's just sort of fiction. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun and silly and light. And it's just the perfect amount. If we had, you know, multiple, multiple episodes like this every season, it would be a little much, but it's Mm -hmm. just the right amount. Um, And I think, you know, this is a really light episode. And next week we're getting into a much heavier episode. Like um, kind of the opposite of this. Like the opposite. This is kind of a nice, light, like sparkling water before this like heavy smack of like whiskey or something next week. It's, it's pretty tough stuff, but this was fun watching. It's the perfect amount. Next week we're talking season four, episode 21, the Drumhead. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're going to go clumping off into the greenery in Sherwood Forest and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.